Authentic Lives. We've been on a little hiatus, but we are back with this beautiful woman, Marty Grizzle. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. She is a fellow Aggie. I know you guys can't believe that the two of us are Aggies. Gig'em whoop. Whoop. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, um, but we did kind of have a country girl growing up journey in our lives. I mean, you grew up in Houston, but you've been exposed to so many different parts of life growing up. Oh yeah, I grew up with my mom's parents living in Arkansas on several hundred acres and horses and we did horse shows growing up. So it's hilarious because if you go back and watch baby videos, Uh I have the thickest country accent. It's so funny. I'm like a towhead blonde girl with like a super thick country accent living in Sugarland, Texas. Oh my God. (laughs) I love it. And you are a mega accomplished real estate mogul. Can we just say real estate mogul? (laughs) This hot, fabulous young woman. And not just because I'm calling her that, like the real estate world calls her that. So tell us your titles. We need to, we need the sashes, Danette. We need a title. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) sweet. No, I love what I do in my career. And I've been lucky enough to win, um, the co-star impact award in 2021, which was the most impactful deal done in Houston into the community and the society. Thank you so much. That was amazing. And then last year in 2022, um, my partner and I won largest deal done in Houston. Wow. Deal of the year award for Holba. So that was, you know, super fun too. And then this year, fingers crossed, I'm up for um, another award, Rising Star, which is um, for people who have been in the industry less than five years. So kind of like the best in the industry and I'm a finalist for that again this year. So fingers crossed. Incredible. We are putting it in the universe for you, girl. Thank you. And then you're also a lovely influencer, blogger, and oftentimes people think that those two things are not consistent, that you can't, these, oh, these girls that are bloggers, influencers, they just take pictures of themselves all day. Well, you take pictures of properties you're leasing and you take pictures of yourself and you present it to the world. So how do you, like, how does, it seems like it's almost right brain, left brain. Like, do you think that they're different? or does it all kind of come together and what makes you come alive? I feel like it's a little bit of both. They're different and similar and the same in like different ways, but it truly together makes me who I am and I mm-hmm. can't do one without the other. Like my passion and my love for them are equal. And so I'm very blessed that I can do both. And it's interesting because social media actually has helped me with my business as well in commercial real estate by getting my name out there and people knowing who I am. Um, So it's been a great, great journey of being able to do two things that you love simultaneously. And I truly believe, so the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, have you ever read it? I have not. 
Okay, so he says, one of the things that are most impactful, he said, for me at least, was when you spend 10,000 hours doing something, then you become an expert, and um, that there's these moments in time where there's this exceptional opportunity that enables you to have success in something that wouldn't have been at another time. So for example, he talks about um, Gates or um, Apple or Microsoft. Those, the, those guys all had um, an opportunity with computers coming out and they were exposed to computers in the beginning. Whereas I feel like for me in the jewelry industry, I can be exceptional because it's not known as an Instagram industry. I mean, somewhat, but not really. It's not right. what everyone in our industry is doing. So I can stand out to someone when I'm doing it. Same thing for commercial real estate. Yes. Like Julia Wang with residential, like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you don't look like somebody who's in, you don't look like an old man jeweler, Danae. You don't look like a real estate mogul. I, and, and it allows us to stand out and to be different. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the amazings and the greats that I call them in society and like the Bill Gates and the, you know, um, Steve Jobs and all of them, there's something that has to make them different and stand out. And I think that the passion and finding that little difference. And for us, maybe it's the Instagram and, and the, you know, social media aspect and connecting with other people that like makes us different, but there's always some sort of differentiating factor with, as I call it, the greats. Oh, I love that. And so you say connecting and I love connecting and I feel like, so when I started marketing and I was just talking to someone about this yesterday about how literally we would go to the fax machine and I would put the numbers in the fax machine. That was even before you could plug in all the numbers and the computer would memorize it and we would fax people about what we we're doing. So connection was just different. It's constantly changing and we have to be open to that constant change, whatever way people are accustomed to connecting. So um, when you, do you feel like that's part of it too? Like you say lucky, I don't see it as luck. I see it as passion yes. and hard work. Yeah, definitely. Like the, Those you, are two, yes. They can say you're at the right place at the right time, but isn't it that you're passionate about something so you put yourself in a place with a person you're gonna have a conversation with? Like tell us a little bit about like some interesting deals that maybe happen by someone you met or something that was a chance meeting, but. Right, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. For example, we would not be in the position that we're in, um, in my business of winning the awards and, you know, having successful years if we didn't have number one, the passion, which then turns into the hard work and the long hours. Yes. And yes. And that makes a huge difference. And people behind the scenes might just see, Oh, look at what they're doing, but they don't see in like the awards they're winning or the big deals they are closing or, you know, what a successful year they've had, but they don't see like the long grueling hours in the background that we put in trying to get ourselves there. It's not necessarily like an overnight success. Mm -hmm. The longer that you work at it, for me, 
I, I couldn't do it if I wasn't passionate about it. I was in a different career and I had, didn't, wouldn't put in the long grueling hours because I just wasn't passionate about it. Now, thankfully I found my calling in real estate and it makes it so much easier and like well worth it. Um, but yes, it's definitely the hard work and chasing those deals or putting yourself in front of people to try to make those opportunities happen. That is really where you see the difference. And so how does a deal come about? Like, do you meet someone at a networking event? Do they, they find you about, online? Like, they can what? come about several different ways. So in commercial real estate, in the office space, which is mm -hmm. what I'm in, you mm -hmm. have the landlord representatives and then the tenant representatives. And I am a landlord representative. So mm -hmm. I represent the building owners. So as okay. the big buildings that you see in Houston, somebody owns them and somebody, they are hiring us to represent their building to try to bring tenants into their building. Oh, okay. Yes. So we work hand in hand um, with the owners to try to go and get the tenant representatives uh -huh. to want to put their tenants in our building. So you have to have great relationships with tenant representatives and that's how you go out and get deals. But then in order to get clients, you can meet clients, which are the building owners for me, various different ways, whether it's networking or connection, like you might have someone that you know who is looking to buy a building in Houston and you're like, hey, I know the perfect person to represent you yes. and to help you get occupancy in your building. And that's Marty. So there's tons of different way, but networking is huge in commercial real estate. And did you have a mentor that helped you along? Oh yeah. Yeah. My mentor has been, um, nothing short of a blessing. He is definitely a real estate mogul. He's been doing this for probably 34, some, somewhere mm -hmm. in the thirties years. And, um, he's won many awards and is definitely at the top of his game. And I've been lucky enough to become his partner and he's taught me everything I know. And then I've also been lucky enough for my mom to be in the industry as well. Mm -hmm. And so I have that, that, you know, connection of, Hey mom, at seven, you know, eight o'clock at night where most other people don't like, can you walk me through this? Or I'm having a little bit of difficulty trying to figure out this, yes. you know, so both of them together have been, um, truly just everything I could have hoped for and more and making me who I am today. And I think a lot of my success is due to the amazing mentorship that I've had. So watching your mom in real estate, women in real estate weren't as accepted, right? You definitely have to work a lot harder back in the day. Yes. So she had to break through so oh, yeah. many boundaries of what expectations were yes. of working with the woman. Now yes. it's a little bit more um, accepted. Do you feel like it gave you a benefit to have like be like Lily Collins and Emily in Paris is Phil Collins daughter. It gives you a little leg up, but at the same time, there's such an expectation because oh, you're yeah. coming from the real estate family. Exactly. Yeah, no, I definitely. So when I grew up, I saw what my mom did and I thought it was like really cool. And I had, we have very similar personalities. Okay. So it kind of drew me to it, but uh -huh. then the stubborn personality in me was like, I'm not going to do anything that my parents are doing yes. because I want to make a name for myself. Right. And so my dad's a dentist and then my mom was in commercial real estate. So I said, those two things are out. What am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. And I decided on engineering. And so I went to Texas A&M, got my degree in mechanical engineering mm -hmm. and worked as an engineer for several years after college. And my passion just wasn't there. 
-hmm. like at all. I was able to do it. I had like the knowledge and everything to be able to do what needed to be done, but I didn't love going to work. My alarm would go off and I'd be like, Oh no, how many times can I snooze this? Or, you know, so forth, so on, so forth. Um, but then finally my mom and my mentor, or like, you really need to get into this business. We feel like you're made for it. You have the personality for it. Like we can see it. You really just need to come and do this. And I finally was like, why am I being so stubborn about not being, you know, doing something that my mom did? I can still make a name for myself, even though my mom's in the industry as well. So I got into the um, real estate industry in right before COVID in 2020. Ah, and I was- When everybody was like, I know. we no longer need, need office, office space. space. We <laughs> can work from home. Yeah. So You're that like, was like brilliant idea to <laughs> enter the market. <laughs> I know. Um, but anyway, so with her being in the industry, it uh-huh. was great because I had a really good resource, but it also, you have a lot more pressure to oh, make yes. a name for yourself and prove to people that you are capable of doing this. And it's not just, Oh, you come from this family. Exactly. Yeah. So your mentor asked you to consider joining the industry. I think that's amazing because as someone who's worked for (laughs) 30 years, um, I see things in people that I feel makes them exceptional. And so, um, but it is, it's a different time to work now. So few people, um, it's this balance of work and play. It's this working from home remotely. It's this expectation. Like there's articles about it everywhere about how it's hard to get people that really want to put the time Time, in. Yeah. And, um, so did he mention what he saw in you? Like how, tell us a little bit about some of those conversations and how did he say, come work for me? or did you start with someone else and then go work with him later? How did no, it work? So the way it worked is my mom has worked with him for forever. So I have grown up kind of like, you know, going to work with mom. And oh. so he's kind of seen me, um, a little bit and like my personality and all of that type of th- um, things. And so he always thought you just, it's weird, but some people just have like a knack for it. Like, it's just, you can see like that personality will fit. I'm have very much. So like a tiger personality Mm -hmm. where I go after things. I'm like a hunter. I'm not shy at all. Like what you see is what you get. I'm not intimidated by people. Men don't intimidate me. Like I'm right there with the boys. And so he saw, I think all of those things. And then also just my, um, ability to understand and pick up the business. It's very numbers heavy in the business. Oh, and I okay. obviously from have an that uh, from background. an engineering background. I didn't think of that. The yes. math factor. Yes. And definitely okay. trying to make the numbers work to where you're still getting, you know, return on, you know, the investment for your client to where they're actually uh, making money by having the tenant in, but then still trying to have where the tenant it's beneficial or it's enticing them to come to your building. So it's a very fine line of trying to crunch the numbers and see, you know, how we can make the deal work in the best way, whether it's giving them maybe more free rent or TI dollars, which is tenant improvements to build out the space. It's, mm-hmm. there's a ton that goes into it. And so you have to be, you know, n- well, you have to be good with numbers. And then you also have to 
have that personality side because you cannot survive in this business if you don't have good relationships with people. And so he saw that. Um, he talked to me for a while and said, you should come over. You should come over. And I said, no, no, I don't want to do anything that my mom did. Plus, you know, my brain is very engineering wise where one plus one has to equal two. And I was always used to a salary. I know I'm going to make this much money this year, this yes. much money this month. Big risk. Yes. And for going, a single woman. <laughs> right. And then going into real estate, it's all commission. Straight. And so yeah. you have no idea what you're going to make. And I just couldn't wrap my brain around that. Huge risk. For, yeah. you know, budgeting purposes, you know, all that stuff. So anyways, he finally was like, I promise you you have what it takes. You will make more money in this than you will as an engineer. Just trust me, take the leap. And I did. And, um, obviously he was right. And I love it more than I ever thought I would. And it definitely, um, being on commission is like a driver and a yep. motivator. Can't hit that snooze. Yeah. You just nope. get up before the snooze sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I've had so much to do. I can't sleep today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like owning your own little business, if you will. Like you, you are what you make it. And, and then there's so much more to overcome. So I was in the um, construction industry before I became the vintage Contessa. So we did tenant finish out for a lot of buildings and we being marble and granite, we were at the end and the schedule was always late. Yep. But girl has construction been even more challenging with COVID. Oh, I'm sure. Nothing was available. Nothing. Yeah. Um, everybody was delayed. Prices went through the roof. And um, there was that lumber situation. So that probably made it even more difficult, too, because it wasn't just about making the numbers work. It's that the factor of the cost went up, the interest in having space went down. So you had even more factors against oh, you. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was definitely a time to get in. I've learned so much. And one of the biggest things that we've had to kind of adapt to is not only does the cost go up, but the lead time. And so it's tremendous. The amount so you cost, your cost carry forward is tremendous before you can get the ROI on the space you're using. Right. And then tenants don't realize that the process is taking longer to build out their space. So by the time they come to the market and they need space, they don't have enough time to build it out. So right. the way we've adapted to that is we've started doing what we call speculative suites and we basically try to predict what people are going to need and we build it out already so it's ready to go and they come in and look at our building and they can see this beautiful space that's ready to go and they're like this is it i i can move in in three months did you partner with the con uh, construction company yeah so we work with different construction companies we have different okay. um approved vendors if you will in uh, yeah. each of our buildings they have to go through you know a process to make sure that they're approved and we work with architects to design the mm -hmm. space and all of that. And so we just build out the space. Some of it can be fully furnished. Most of the time it's not fully furnished. Um, but like, but that's so huge. Girl. Right. Yeah. It's so it makes such it's a difference. It's been a big, big help. And residentially people have always responded to that very well too, to have it completely finished and not have to build from scratch. Yep. So as we transition to mm -hmm. residential, share your other news. So I am closing on my first home tomorrow. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm a homeowner. <laughs> okay, again, crazy girl. You choose to buy in a market when there's not a lot of inventory, when interest rates are going up, where the cost per month for your mortgage is even higher than it was a year ago. Yeah. 
but we're just going to give you a sash that says crazy too. <laughs> crazy girl. Deserve it. Exactly. No, but there's opportunities and it seems like you transition your mindset. You said something earlier about bearing versus dating. Yeah, so, Tell us that. Um, a lot of people are like, why are you buying right now when interest rates are, you know, so much higher than they were. And, um, it's, marry the house, date the rate. So I found the house that I fell in love with. I'm marrying my house and then I'm dating the rate. And obviously interest rates are going to come down. And mm -hmm. in a couple years when they do, I'm just going to refinance. That is just so brilliant. And then there was something else that you were saying about paying for like yes, more so against the everything mortgage, is kind of we like do that as well. Fallen in line, and my stars have just kind of like aligned. I've been really lucky through this process to have you know people helping me along the way. Mm -hmm. And um, when figuring out my loan and my mortgage, we um, I had a friend who was helping me with the math and was basically because he was in a loan originator for okay, like good. 15 yes. years, so he did this business for a very long time, and so he was trying to help me and saying if you pay X amount more per month for your, um, yep. for your mortgage, then it will basically mimic like a 4.5 interest rate rather yep. than like the sixes and sevens that it's in right now. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pay and extra. And it's an auto payment that probably lowers your, and right. Yep. Your percentage rate because it's guaranteed to come out of your account and you've signed that commitment. Right. And so then by the time rates will come back down, I'll just refinance. Exactly. And yeah. So, um, single woman on commission, getting a mortgage, another really difficult thing. Yes. So how does that work too, that you're a commission person? So the way I have structured everything is kind of still on that engineering mindset. Uh -huh. I lived very, very frugally to where I had a year's worth of income in the bank. So okay. I'm living off of like 22 income and 23. I'm not living off of what I'm currently getting to make sure that I'm setting myself up for success. And I'm not ever going to be in a situation where I'm not making money and I don't have any money to pay for my mortgage. So I had a year's worth of salary in the bank, um, wow. before I started actually like living my life, um, to where I could actually feel comfortable buying a home and all of those. So I have plenty of money saved in the bank to make sure that I'm not going to, you know, get into trouble. And you just have to be very, very disciplined as a commission person commission-based person. You I know, because you get that windfall and you're like, I need a new Chanel bag. Yeah. <laughs> and you cannot do that. You exactly. absolutely cannot do that. Well, so. maybe here at the Vintage Contest. Yeah, there you go. such a good value. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that, um, I mean, I was house poor. I called it house poor at the time. I um, worked with my family business and my parents gave me some money and my grandparents and then I had to have a roommate and I, like, literally couldn't take trips and couldn't shop and that's part of the way that I styled was I didn't spend a lot on clothes but I spent on accessories when I'd save for them and I think that people think that you have it all but I think that we all have to sacrifice oh, a yeah. lot to get where we want and I love that you said this when we were first talking, probably within the first five minutes when we sat down is you manifest it and you don't just manifest it and dream it, but you put those steps into action yes. to doing it. 
So tell us a little bit about like that. Do you have a plan of what your thoughts so, are? So it's so funny. This year specifically, I uh -huh. did like a vision board or a mood board for oh, the good. things that I wanted uh -huh. in 2023. And I actually keep it as my background to my phone. And I keep it as the background of my laptop. Girl, we got to do this oh, tonight. So that every time I'm looking at my phone, which as you know, it's reminder. all, all the, time, the time. Or yes. your computer all the time. Yeah. I'm seeing the things that I'm manifesting. And so, um, my house was on there. Good. And you know, that's coming true. I mean, different awards that I, I mean, it, it's such a crazy thing. What happens when you put out good energy into the world and you speak yes. positive things. And this is what I'm going to like happen this year. This is what I'm going to make happen. This is what's going to, you know, happen in my life. And it's, it's worked for me. I think it has wonderful powers. Um, so I know you said you've manifested. I manifest and I'm really clear on purpose. And I yes. feel like that's important as I keep hearing this in you. Like you, you make these plans and then before you make another decision, it's not like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. It's, it's, oh, it's well very, thought yes. out. There's a methodical, I mean, it's the engineering mind in you that's very methodical in the approach. So what I, what I found from many people that I connect with is that, and that I feel like are successful in what sets their, what lights their fire, mm -hmm. that they can do what they're, they're living their best life is that they're clear on what decisions they've made and they're clear on when decisions come to them. And I feel like that's the biggest benefit I've had over these last two years of identifying my purpose as my first purpose being um, the health and welfare of my family, and then another purpose being um, the success of my business in a balanced way. When I say success, I mean that the entire team feels balanced and in check and that I'm slowing down to make sure all the team members are together. And um, and then creating time to give back and make a difference because I know that when I feel empty, that's what fills me is the giving back is to know that it's not just for me. Yeah. And, um, it's a lot, it's a lot. And so you're constantly weighing all that, but it makes each decision easier. Yeah. Definitely. And people are like, Oh, well she can do it. She's beautiful. It's easy. No. Girl, you haven't even started <laughs> to tell people your challenges. So let's share that. Cause you have been through challenges. Definitely. So Absolutely. your mom and your dad, the two people that are so special to you. Yes. Family is everything to me. And, um, starting with my mom, cause that happened first. So when I was 12 years old, my mom got bit by a mosquito and contracted West Nile virus. She was the first person in Texas. So random. Yeah. So random in Houston, watching us ride our bikes, mosquito bitter. And she was having all these crazy symptoms and the hospital kept sending her home being like, you have a slip disc. It's fine not knowing really what West Nile was because she was the there first There wasn't case. even a box to check right. on the exactly. medical form. And so, um, finally she unfortunately lost the use of her legs and was paralyzed from the waist down. And the hospital was like, okay, whoa, something serious is going on. She was in the hospital for, um, several months, almost passed away. They were able, um, 
to save her life. And then she went through years and years and years of rehabilitation to try to gain back the use of her legs so she could walk again. She got back the use of one of her legs and is able to um, walk with a brace on the other leg and the use of a cane or if I'm with her, she'll grab my arm or whatever, but we're so blessed that number one, she's still here today. And then number two, that she's able to walk. Um, but it definitely has affected her life. You know, the family's life. I remember being 12 years old, I would be loading and unloading her wheelchair into the car to go anywhere we were. She, had to learn how to drive with hand controls because she couldn't use her feet to use the pedals. So the gas and, you think and the brake. About, I think about Bella at 12. I was completely functional and she was mortified, embarrassed by everything I did and, and was not connected to me. Like you had no choice but to be connected, to, oh, yeah. take, to take care of her in a time when 12, you want to be taken care of. And that is grit that people don't understand. And that fear that you could lose your mother. I mean, it's just, it was a lot. It was a lot, especially as a kid. And, you know, back, you know, at that kind of age, kids are mean and they don't understand. And so oh, people yeah. would make fun of me or look constantly stare at us. Cause my mom was in a wheelchair or, you know, be like, well, at least my mom can walk. Your mom can't You're even like, walk. What? And so it was just a lot of trying to, you know, get through life just as a 12 year old in general, and then also take care of, help take care of my mom. And it was a lot, but I definitely think it made me mature so much faster. And I, I believe that everything happens for a reason and I wouldn't be as motivated as I am today if I hadn't have gone through the challenges that I've gone through. So in a weird way, like I'm thankful that, um, it's made me who I am. Because when you wake up, and you hit that snooze, you're like, I can get up. I don't have to like, it's such a relativity oh, to yeah. what your Health world is, was then. Okay. Then fast forward. What year did ha- your dad suffer so his then stroke? My dad, um, had a, his stroke on December the 26th of 2019. And that was, that was different because when you're 12, don't get me wrong. It's, and your parents are divorced. Yes, they, they, so were, they were living separately. Yes, they got divorced when I was nine. So you were living alone with your mother. Right. And taking my, care of her. And my sister, yes, my little sister. So I'm the oldest of two. And don't, you were very scared. My dad stepped in, helped a ton with my mom. Um, oh, that's right. But you don't understand necessarily when you're 12, all of it. And I wasn't in the op, you know, the hospital room while the doctors were talking and saying, Hey, you know, she's not going to make it. Like my dad brought, broke that news to us. And so when my dad had his stroke, I was, what was that three years ago? So I was 26, 27, you know, everything. Yeah. And it was they're like, this cannot be happening again. Scariest this- day of my entire life. And he had a, um, a blood clot that went to his brain. And unfortunately he, um, I was living in an apartment, he was living at home. And when you're having a stroke, you don't know you're having a stroke. It's different than having a heart attack. You can feel pain when you're having a heart attack, but a stroke affects your brain. And so you rely on other people to identify the stroke. It's very hard for you yourself to identify a stroke. And so, um, 
he didn't understand what was happening until the next morning when he fell out of bed. And by the time he got to the hospital, um, he only had a 10% chance of living. And wow, that was my entire world crashing down on me. And thank the Lord, we had the most amazing surgeons and they obviously saved his life. And we were in ICU for several weeks. We were in the hospital for probably three months. And um, yeah, it was, it's almost bringing me to tears to talk about it. It was very emotional, but um, he has now a vision cut. So he's half blind because of the stroke. And so he so can't be a dentist. He can, if he wants. So he still practices on me. Um, <laughs> yes. love that. Yeah. You beautiful teeth, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, he's not practicing on patients. We still have uh -huh. his practice and we have the building. We've hired other dentists to come in. Um, good. So yeah. we're still running the business, but good. he himself is now retired. Great. And gets to have fun with me on my teeth and my sister's teeth. Um, he's still an amazing dentist, but it's just hard um, to adjust to life when you yes. all of a sudden are half blind and you can't see anything until it's right in front of you and has a little bit of cognitive function function issues from the stroke. It affected his brain rather than affecting his body. Okay. He wasn't able to walk originally, but he gained back, you know, those motor skills very, very fast. He was able to, you know, walk by the time we left the hospital. Um, but originally they would but mind you, you said that was three months, right? But the scariest part was my dad's pretty much a genius. If I, I mean, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. He blew through med school with top of his class and they would show him a, like a cartoon picture and say, what is this? And he wouldn't be able to identify what was on the picture. And that obviously scares the crap out of you. Um, he's Absolutely. totally, you know, much better now. He went through, um, you know, rehab for years, um, two years. He's able to actually um, drive because he went through a special driving class for a year and got his certification to where he can do like back roads and stuff like that. So he's able to drive. We got him the safest car on the road to um, make sure that, you know, just in case some idiot hit him, he would be Okay. Be safe, yeah. but he's doing so much better, but it really does put things into perspective for you. Um, I think we take for granted our health mostly every day. And it's just something Absolutely. that yeah. you have nothing. If you don't have your health, you really don't. And it's something that we need to thank God for every single day. So if you call a real estate person and they're rude to you or dismissive, you're like, huh, okay, I'll call someone else. Because <laughs> really, girl, you're like, I can do all things and I can do. And I think you're a spiritual person too. And I, I mean, I think that it gives us with, I read this reading yesterday and it says that when you see shadows, it means that there's light around you oh, because you that. couldn't see a shadow, shadow without, without light. light. So turn from the shadows and look to the light I and you can that. overcome. And I thought that was so great. And I think so much of life is perspective and you could have completely become a victim to your life. Yeah. You could have 
said, I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm not going to help. I'm not. And you chose otherwise. And it's been so amazing to see the blessings Thank you've been you. given. Um, so I, I sat next to you at a lunch and just felt so connected to you. And I feel like you're just so authentic and real. Do you think it's the hard things? Like, what do you think makes you so confident? And is it hard to date because you are so confident? <laughs> Cause I, I always say it takes a strong man to be with a strong woman. It definitely <laughs> does. It takes someone very strong. It is a little bit difficult to date. And I think part of it is because I'm very confident. I'm successful. I know who I am. I know exactly what I want. And if you don't have a very strong, confident man, they can mm -hmm. often be intimidated by that. And so, yes, it's been a little bit difficult to date. Um, but my person is out there and they will find me whenever, you know, time is right and I will find them. But I really do think part of it is my personality of just being very outgoing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other part of it is just the challenges that I've dealt with mm -hmm. in my life and making me resilient and not giving up and just confident. I, if I can survive what I've survived through You're like, then a real what? estate deal or, you know, it's nothing. I Exactly. It's so interesting. Okay. So how did you find time to become an influencer in the midst of all this? So I actually really wanted to do blog, start blogging in college. Okay. Um, but I was a little bit nervous. Number one, with my time commitment with um, engineering and then B I still wasn't this I wasn't definitely the woman that I am today back then you mm -hmm. I feel like you always grow you continue Evolving. to grow mm -hmm. um, and so I was a, still a little bit shy of what people would think and if people would judge me and you know stuff like that and be like oh you're just taking pictures of yourself you're weird or you know anything like that but then once I graduated college I was like I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to do what makes me happy because at the end of the, my life, if I'm living for other people, I'm never going to be fulfilled. So I decided to put all of that away and just decide what do I want to do with my life to make me happy. And I started and it's been so much fun. I've connected with the most amazing women, which is why we do it. Right. It's to right. connect, uplift, you know, have a like community, community of support. It's together the best. And so I started doing that and it's one of those things where you're, you share your life. So it's really like anything that's happening. It's like, let me share this. I had, you know, some stomach problems. I got back from um, a trip from Europe and I thought I had a parasite mm -hmm. and I wasn't able so gross, but I wasn't able to go to the bathroom for a very long time. And oh, I wow, shared that story uh, on Instagram and the help and the holistic doctors that I was seeing to try to help me with my gut issues. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many women I connected with over stomach issues. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We started like a support group on Facebook. It was love it. the most amazing thing. So you never know what, what other people are struggling with yeah. and, what they and how you can help yes. them. And by being vulnerable and saying, this is kind of what I'm going through. And I mean, you don't have no idea who you're helping. Absolutely. I love it. So it's great. Well, we have almost come to the end of the podcast. Are there other things that you want to share with people? Tell us about the new house. We were talking briefly about. Yeah, I'm so excited. Your though. plan, like buying all new furniture. I know. 
Are so you throwing out definitely... the old things that are cluttering up your current house? So I'm really good about trying to do like deep spring clean, you know, mm -hmm. winter clean, whatever. And so I love taking everything out deciding what I actually need, what I use. If I haven't used it in six months, it's gone. And then putting it back in. So for packing, that's another thing that's going to be happening. I've, I've just did a big like clean, so I'm mm -hmm. pretty good on all my things. Um, but yes, moving into the new house, only the necessities are going. It's obviously going to be a lot bigger than my apartment. So I'm going to be buying all new furniture to Yay! fill it up. I'm so excited. Lots of home content coming yes, your way. Absolutely. I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to step into this new chapter. And tell us about clothes. You were saying earlier that you were a neutral girl because I was saying, oh, Oh yeah. Girl, you blend with this background <laughs> so perfectly. It's so funny. My mom walks in my closet and she's like, you have more shades of white than anyone <laughs> I've ever seen. And they're like, you have to, you have to. I love neutrals. It's mm -hmm. just, they speak to me. I, I bring out some color in like spring and summer, mm -hmm. but neutrals are just they make me feel like calm and peaceful and, mm -hmm. you know, and my house is all neutrals. Like, I just love it. It's like earthy nature. I, I love it. And do you find that commercial real estate that you feel like you should wear a jacket or are you a dress girl? I'm like in everything today because it's so cold in Houston right now. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing pants and a jacket, but I'll do heels and a dress. Um, you obviously have to look, you know, professional. And so mm -hmm. I, I dress professionally with either a blazer or some sort of, you know, nice clothing every single day. Um, and I, and I love that. I love dressing up for work. It makes like everything mm -hmm. so much fun. I love coming into the office with like a new outfit or it makes you feel powerful, put together, confident clothes for me really help. I feel good when I look good. When my totally hair is done, my makeup's yep. done. I have a cute outfit. I'm feeling myself. I'm like, I can conquer the world today. That is Danette and I, that is our mantra. We're adopting Noreen with it too. If you're having a bad day, put a great lip yep. on, put on your makeup and wear the most fabulous outfit. Even take something with and take the tags off and wear oh, it for yeah. the first time. No, I love Even it. if it's not occasion, make it an occasion and change the mojo to embrace life. Yes. Absolutely. Well, you've given us so much great inspiration. Thank you so to overcome much. overcome adversity and to really focus on what we want. And I think that people look at the new year and the new you, but I just see it as we're all kind of reinventing ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. And constantly growing and evolving and trying to become better. Yes. And there's different new things. It doesn't have to be a new house, but that's an incredible new beginning. But just having things that we look forward to, we really created our, um, we go by semesters because Bella's still in school, but like this next semester in time of what we're doing. So we have things to look forward to. Are you a travel girl? Do you have travel plans in your future? I love to travel. So this year especially is a very special year. Um, my dad and my birthdays are three days apart Aww. and it will be my 30th and his 70th. Aww. And so my goal is to surprise him and do a trip to South Africa and do a safari because that's been his dream. And so I think it would be a really special yes. trip for, you know, dad and daughter to do something that we've always wanted to do. I love it.
Well, Godspeed to you. Thank you Such so much. Blessing. I'm so happy that I got to come on and hang out with you. Us too. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.